0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Rumcast. This is the podcast that talks all things rum-related with the people who love and shape it. My name is John Gullah. He is Will Hookinga. And, Will, I think we're both very excited to be talking about something interesting in rum, some interesting rum finds, you might say, as part of our big discussion topic today. But first, Will, I'm guessing... There's a few people out there who might be waiting with bated breath to hear the final results of the fantasy draft uh, from this year. The fantasy rum draft, I should say. That's right. From this year. That's right. Yeah. Our
1: previous episode, we held our second annual Rumcast Fantasy Rum Draft, the winner of which is determined by the listeners, the voters. And y'all turned out in record numbers this year. We had great turnout. We had a much narrower race this year than we did last year, which I think made it more fun for both of us, a little bit more fun for one of us than the other, but still more fun for both of us in the end. And I'm excited to get to the results. But before I do that, I did have a a question for you because everyone knows on this podcast that you Mm -hmm. are Mr. Miami, Florida. Born and raised, mm-hmm. always out there representing your city, singing its praises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... The you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I need you to do a, what I can only describe as a Miami favor for me. Something that I think, you might be the only hope I have for accomplishing this in my life. Okay. You might be the only person well-connected enough to make this All happen right. for me. So... okay. I need you to get in contact with one of the icons of professional sports in Miami. Really, he's a global icon of professional sports, but he just so happens to be in Miami right now. And (laughs) I'm not I'm not talking about Messi. I know he's he's a new arrival there. I have a feeling I know who you're talking about. Okay, I'm I'm talking about Miami Heat president Pat Riley, the nine time NBA champion. And do you know why I need you to get in contact with him? I think I do, but I don't want to admit it. <laughs> the reason I need you to get in contact with Pat Riley is because Pat Riley... A lot of people don't know this about him. They're familiar with this word, but they don't know that he has a trademark Oh, on I know. I he know. is the owner of the trademark for the word 3-peat,
0: mm-hmm. which I
1: am going to be needing to use during my quest for the Rumcast Fantasy Rum Draft 3-peat, which begins today. Mm-hmm. Now that the votes are in and I've officially... Locked up my second straight win, John. Do you think you can get Pat Riley on the phone for me so I can start using 3 peat without, you know, I want to get a deal on the licensing. I'm not asking for it for free, Mm. but I just, you know, cut Mm. me Mm. me a break, Pat Riley. You got a lot
0: of money down there in South Beach. You know, Pat's a smart guy. And uh, (laughs) as you know, and uh, as, I mean, clearly it was a smart move to uh, trademark or whatever, the the 3 peat, and I'm sure he's making a lot of money off it even still today. Um, But, you know, being a smart guy, Will, um, i'm not sure he's ready to hand that out to you just yet uh knowing you've got a full other year that you would have to uh to to beat me but i will concede i will concede this the voters voted they uh they voted like you said narrowly what, what was the actual tally can we can we get that we can get the tally so
1: you know there's two ways to tally this there's the head-to-head selections you know who won the most head-to-head categories who won the unaged rum category and all that sort of thing but mm-hmm. we also ask everyone right away just who created the best overall rum bar and yeah. the final tally in that was uh me with 52 and percent of the mm-hmm. vote so a big difference from last year when i won with 69.1 percent of the vote this yes. was yeah. very close and especially as like the first you know the first round of votes were coming in. It really was going back and forth. You were in the lead. I was in the yeah. lead. It was that was cool to see. It was, yeah. yeah. And uh, things didn't really level out until the last the last uh, other hundred or so votes came in. So it was a, a thrill ride for sure. And in the, the category breakdown, this was actually this one changed really right at the end because I was only winning this eight to seven. Mm -hmm. which would have been an improvement for you from last year, but I ended up sneaking in a narrow victory. The closest contested head-to-head battle of this entire competition, I think it might surprise people, but there was, I I, I think like three quarters of the time, this category was literally at 50-50, which was the lightly aged rum category, which was Mount Gay Eclipse versus Diplomatico Planas yeah and mount gay ended up just edging out diplomatico had a lead for a while then it was mount gay then it was 50 50 and back and forth and mount gay ended up edging out so i i took the categories nine to six as well this year so you know like you said i'm not counting my three peat eggs before they hatch but i'm just mm -hmm, you know i'm planning mm -hmm. to put i need like the quest for three peat t-shirts and stuff so everyone can (laughs) join me on this journey going in this year to to celebrate another underdog story Uh, next year well
0: Well, no, 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 no. First of all, there's we know now for sure. We can answer that question as well. Who is the real underdog here? And it was certainly me the entire time. Although I have to say kudos to you for kind of trying to get a few people to understand it in your way. Um, but yes, you are the evil empire now. We get it. And I am going to be the rebels moving forward, uh, trying to blow up that uh, little moon you have. And uh, we'll see if we can make that happen next year. But for for this year... Um, you know, I'm a little perturbed. I'm miffed, even, you might say, in well, some would of these be results. Too, probably. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I felt like, I don't know, I looked at the bars when they were done. And again, I give you credit because there were certain things and categories where you played very smartly. And I have to give you credit for playing smartly uh, mm-hmm. in, in certain ways, right? Uh, and uh, some of those, even though I still... I see the strategy. I almost feel like I disagree in some way with it, which is we talked about one of them. One of them is the unaged category, right? Mm -hmm. So we have the unaged category. You had the rum bar overproof and I had the Kapali white. And I picked the Kapali white well before you did the rum bar overproof. So again, strategically, I think you absolutely nailed it with that one in terms of being able to do that. But I also have this nagging feeling of like, but is that really true to what we were trying to achieve with that category? And yes, in a way we had said, look, unaged means you can put whatever you want in there so an overproof unaged could absolutely slot in the unaged. You're not breaking the rules, will. You played the game the way the rules were set. I give you that. But I still have this little piece of me that's like <laughs> but that you're questioning felt like my cheating. my integrity and my gamesmanship not is at that all. what's going on here? No, I'm questioning the way that we set it up and how we maybe need to set it up moving <laughs> forward is: I want to see some unaged rums like a Capali or others have a chance against one of the uh-huh. three rum bar or uh, one of the three Jamaican overproofs. And, and what was your if, first pick, if, by the way? If oh, I don't remember what was it, Rum Fire. It was Rum Fire, but that went in the overproof <laughs> category where it's supposed to go. <laughs> And so my point is, you're picking a bunch of Rumbar uh, overproof and and uh, Ray and nephew overproof, and I guess you know I see the strategy again. I can't I can't help but see where well, your strategy is successful. I had, to, I had to pick successful. Ray and nephew to
1: go in the overproof category, which I handily lost by the way right, to, to right. Rumbar. Uh, right, and and actually, if anyone's curious, what because I knew that Ray and nephew would lose, but I was kind of curious to see what the percentage breakdown was. And it hovered around 70-30 for basically the whole time and ended up leveling out at 71.3% preference for Rum Fires. There's so just a little fun fact there. I was curious to yeah. see what the margin would be.
0: And and you're, you're right. Uh, look, it's just, if I'm really honestly doing my desert Rum Bar, do I need two overproofs like that, probably not. I would rather have a more diverse bar, which is what I was trying to go for. But clearly the voters, they sided with you on that, Will. They sided with you in terms of how your rum bar was put together. I tried to go a little bit more diverse. The Planis was one of those. The Don Q Cognac, I really felt like the one that hurt my heart a little bit. Was the Don Q cognac. What was I don't I don't remember what the split was on that, but it lost pretty handily. The split on that one, that one actually was kind of a bummer to me too, because I wanted to draft the the Don
1: Q. It, it yeah. uh, the Hamilton uh Demerera Distiller's Saval seven year yeah. cask strength took the category with sixty percent of the vote. So sixty forty. Sixty percent not like horrible, yeah. but you know, it's a, a decisive victory.
0: Yeah, and, and it is a great rum. So, again, uh, you know, you're, you're picking good rums here, Will. I'm, 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 I am I'm, want to hate you, but I can't hate your picks for the well, most part.
1: Again, the yeah. thing with having two overproof options, John, is that on my island, I'm resourceful. You know, clearly yeah. we're able to survive on this these islands. So that means that we have a freshwater source, which means yeah. that if I want to make my rum bar more diverse as you're claiming as you're mm. subtly implying mine is mm. not uh, i can right, just exactly. add a little bit of rum, uh, of water to that rum and get so, a nice 43% abv ray and nephew or rum bar overproof
0: version I'm, so i'm i'm glad you mentioned that because I actually did, I did think about that. As as I was re-listening a little bit to the episode, hoping that I could pull out the victory uh, and didn't quite know the results yet, I felt like there was two moments where if I lost, I knew where I lost. <laughs> okay. I was, and, I had a question for you, which was if you would do anything differently, which yeah. you
1: could ask me as well, but I, I am curious. Like, yeah, please continue.
0: Well, I, that, that might become apparent through this uh, kind of diatribe that I'm about to go <laughs> on to. Um the, the two moments, one was where you late in the draft went for the Homeski Fiji mm. at 249. We have a really great comment that came in about still, that that I
1: want to read in a second.
0: Still pulled it off because <laughs> I, I was like, man, I even said it, I think, if you can pull it off and get your full bar with that in it, kudos to you because I tried it when I was doing research and I really had a hard time. And mm. where you did it, was you took that Mount Gay and put it I think on your bench in the end, the Mount yeah. Gay Eclipse. Which I Well no, honestly, I had it
1: on my bench originally and okay. then I moved it because originally, Correct. Right. originally uh Diamond one fifty one was going right. to be in my lightly age category. Uh, right. a lovely overproof Demerara, But I ended up moving that to the bench because I was I was worried about getting judged harshly for having too many overproofs in my starting lineup and also i did kind of for the lightly aged like i needed something that was a light a a light style rum you know i don't Mm want to have to always constantly be proofing stuff down myself so i ended up putting the mount gay eclipse there and my thinking was you know this could be a nice go-to when i need a simple daiquiri or something like that because it's just a little bit of age on there uh but it's a you know a lighter you know clean flavor, that that kind of stuff. Uh, it doesn't have the, you know, the the bombast right. that I might want sometimes, but not all the time. So that's why I ended up slotting that in there. And because I won't lie, I knew, you know, Mount Gay has some brand recognition right. and some brand loyalty. So why not throw that in there?
0: And that's, that's kind of where I was going. I was like, OK, well, I see how that was a good pick. I think I picked Appleton 8 late also. And we were both going after kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I honestly didn't really feel like Mount Gay Eclipse could have held up to, what was it, the... Um, Diplomatico Planus. To the Diplomatico Planus. I get that the name recognition thing there and, and a lot of our listeners and what they actually use a lot would lend itself to Mount Gay. It's a very personal rum like... to a lot
1: of people. It's one
0: a lot of people have yeah, been drinking
1: for years and years, you know? I get
0: that. But to your point about brand recognition kind of being maybe a little overweighted, yeah, maybe a little, it is a little overweighted. But the other piece, which you just mentioned again, so I wanted to call you out on it as a good thing, <laughs> is... is when you retorted, I said something about, oh, you're going to go with another overproof, right? Yeah. Because to your point about being heavy on overproofs and your comment was something like, well, John, I can <laughs> always proof it down. And I was like, I am fucked you can't. Because <laughs> I, what, I what, what am I say to that? You, you, uh, you can add water to rums, but you can't yes. take it out. Yes, that's maybe what you said, and I was like, "Oh crap! I've got all the campaign zingers in this." That was a that was a pretty good one, I have to say. (laughs) I had no retort for that, and I was kind of like, "Yeah." I mean, now that I thought about it for a week, now I'm like, "Now I have some comebacks," but like, it's too late now. I can't even. I don't even want to say them now. That would just be embarrassing. But uh, at the time, I did not have one. So yeah. I, I do. I want to quickly
1: break down the, the rest. We, we shared some head to head results there. So I'll, I'll quickly recap just okay. so everyone knows which the, the results of each category. So on a best pick unaged rum category that went to as, as John was describing there, that was Rumbar Overproof versus Kapali. And Rumbar Overproof took that with 76% of the vote. The lightly aged rum category, we just went over that, Mount Gay Eclipse, narrowly edged out Diplomatico Planus, 52.9% mm. of the vote. Mm. Uh, aged rum number one, this is where you picked up your first head-to-head vi- victory, and this one surprised me a little bit. This one was, this was Appleton 8 versus Denizen's Merchant's Reserve, the blend of jamaican rum and molasses martinique Mm -hmm. rum aged up to eight years which they put in very tiny letters on on the label and this one was really close for a while but then appleton eight it just ended up just completely dominating at the end it ended up getting 62 percent of the vote there so that was a that was a that was a great pick i mean appleton eight was something that i was considering as well and i ran into budget issues it was a one liter bottle so it was a little Mm -hmm. more expensive and uh age rum category number two, you picked up your, your second. Uh RL Steel 12 year versus Chairman's Reserve Legacy, RL Steel 12 year. of the vote. That one was really close for a while as well, and then RL Seal pulled it out. Yeah, that was one. I I wasn't surprised by it, but I was a little disappointed just because Chairman's Legacy is one of my, like, pet rums, I feel like. It's just... They're both so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I couldn't fault people, but yeah. Um, I wouldn't have faulted that one if it went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. The next age rum, the the third age rum category, Foursquare 2010 Exceptional Cask Selection, which inspired my team name of the Exceptional Draft selections Mm -hmm. uh, going up against Team... Badonka Don Q, which got several (laughs) shout outs in the comments. A lot of people, you got a lot of, you won the name contest, I think.
0: Oh, so thank you for that
1: consolation. I appreciate (laughs) that. So it was Foursquare 2010 going up against Impex Long Pond 14 year, and or excuse me, Foursquare 2010 won 57% of that vote. So another one that's a respectable one, but Foursquare, yeah, it's tough to compete with Foursquare in a popularity contest. It is. Yeah. Best pick. We had the next two categories for the two long-aged picks. Uh, long-aged pick number one. This was Black Tot Masters Reserve 2022 versus Esaudier 16-year sugarcane mm-hmm. rum. Uh, Black Tot 59.3% of the vote there. And uh, there was a little, a little bit of concern trolling on your part when I, when I uh, made that pick. You know, throwing out some, oh, the reviewers <laughs> didn't like that one as much as the the previous year. Kind of a risky pick. So,
0: uh-huh. um, I was glad, I was glad to pick that one up. Well, it's because I knew that that category, <laughs> the long aged category, was where I took the most risks. And I was oh. hoping it would pay off a little bit more than it did. Uh-huh. But you took both of the categories, and uh, you know, yeah, I, w- I was really hoping to try to to tank your your master's uh, selection there. It, uh, yeah, it was it was a, yeah. it was a. I I respect the the hustle there. Um,
1: yeah. The, the second long age pick, Holmes Key, Fiji, two thousand one, twenty one year versus Rare Cane, blend of Jamaica and Barbados, a blend of sixteen year Barbados and twenty year or excuse me, sixteen year Jamaica and twenty year Barbados. This was the the big, it was a risk on both of our parts because you went with a lesser known bottler and I went yeah. with an extremely expensive rum to the yeah. point where it really made my budget tight. And if I didn't win this category, it was going to be a huge waste of budget. So right. the Homeski Fiji did end up dominating this category with 71% of the vote. So a decisive victory there. Unaged cane juice rum, this was Nissan, a, ba- a battle of the Nissan unaged rums. It was Nissan L'Esprit Rum Agricole versus Ni- Nissan Organic Rum Agricole. Yeah. The L'Esprit being 70%, the Nissan Organic 52.5%. The L'Esprit took it 61.7% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Aged cane juice rum category. We had a, a classic versus a, a, a new kid on the block. Rum Barbancourt Court 8, the five star, versus Rum GM Terroir Volcanique. And Terroir Volcanique took that one 68.8%, which was uh, interesting to see just because I I won a category with Barbancourt 8 last year. And this Mm -hmm. year it got its ass kicked. So that was interesting. Uh, Best pick, Multi-Country Blend Rum. This was one, this is like, you know, when you pick Rum Fire, you know it's going to win. This is one I picked Probitas with my second pick. Knew it was going to win. Used it in multi-country blend rather than lightly aged because there was a little strategy behind there. So Probitas versus the Hamilton Florida Rum Society Jamaica Guyana blend, another excellent rum. But when you're going against Probitas, it's just, uh, you know, I I was the one going up against it last year. So I know what it's
0: like to, to take that beating. Probitas yeah. took seventy one point three percent of the vote, and yeah. then and I knew going into that there was no way I was going to be Probitas. so I figured the FRS blend, which is a great rum, like you yeah. mentioned, maybe I'll get a little hometown support there. It <laughs> was not enough. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was a valiant effort. Uh, the two non Caribbean categories, you
1: drubbed me in these. So the first one, uh, we had the head to head Mexican Oaxacan cane juice rum battle. We had Paranubes versus Daca bend. And Paranubes really took this one 76.5%. Again, I think there may be some n- name recognition oh, yeah. at play here. Fewer people yeah. have tried the Daca Bend. Uh, but that's that's part of the game. Uh, yeah. Non-Caribbean rum number two, Homeski. Uh, this is another head-to-head country battle, which I knew I was going to lose. The Homeski, Australia, Beanley, 10-year at 61% versus the Transcontinental Rum Line, Australia, 2013, 6-year at 48%. The Homeski took that one with 75% of the vote. And then our last two categories, Overproof Rum, again, we've mentioned already Rumfire yeah. beat Ray and Nephew with 71% of the vote. And then 100% Column Still category, the Hamilton, DDL, Saval Still beat Don Q, Cognac Cask with 60% of the vote. Oh, and there's one more category. 100% Pot Still Rum, Right, Dr. Bird, Jamaican Rum versus St. Benevolence clarin 2018, St. Michel, Dr. Bird won that. With 64% of the vote. So those are the results, everyone. And thank you again, everyone, so much yeah, for voting. thank you all for this voting. This was uh, always something that's really fun. And someone in the comments said, uh, what did they say? They said easily the nerdiest thing in the rum game, and <laughs> I, I was proud to that that we got that designation from from a commenter. So that was great to see.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of good comments. I, I think we had over fifty comments, if I remember. Seeing yeah, it last. yeah, fifty-seven That's...
1: comments, which comments were optional. So we we yeah. had near we had nearly nearly two hundred people participate in the vote this year, which was great. Yeah, and uh, I did want to read uh, one one comment here, which I just thought was a masterfully constructed comment. They said. uh... This year, there was a clear winner for me, and that is Team Will. His strategy worked on John so well, he never saw it coming. (laughs) Will highly (laughs) praised all of John's picks being his best cheerleader, leaving John the false hope he was ahead. (laughs) Then, out of nowhere, Will does the unthinkable, unbelievable, and completely lowered the hammer on John to choose the $249 Holmes Key Fiji 21-year. Game over. Winner Team Will. The faux underdog Mm. strategy won. Poor John never had a chance. Uh, But this commenter did give the the competition as a whole. He gave it a John Gullah fantastic.
0: So there (laughs) you go. Well, I can cherry pick comments, too, Will, if you (laughs) want to do that. Jeez. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, look, you did have a really good strategy. I I get where the commenter is coming from. I thought my strategy was good. And I will say this. I take a little bit, an inkling, if you will, of pride, Will, in saying that it feels to me like people who were looking for a more diverse bar were mentioning my bar more often. Oh, so okay. I saw I saw Richard do that. I saw uh, Lance from The Lone Caner mention that, and a few others as well saying overall in terms of diversity of a bar they would look for on that, that, that they felt like, uh, you know, it was coming my way. But of course, those are only the people that commented. There may be more people like the one you just read who felt differently. So... Uh, yeah, yeah it, it was just overall. It's fun. It's a great exercise. We're gonna make some changes next year. Will we'll, we'll talk about it. We've got a year to to figure this out. But well, I'd be I do trying feel to like... change the rules too if I was uh, if I was down too.
1: <laughs> 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 no, I do. I do. And, and you know, we we made some modifications this year. Every year we learn a little bit more about how to make it more fun, right, and uh, more interesting. And so mm-hmm. I do think we will make some adjustments because there are some yeah. ways that it could be better. So. You know, yeah. I I I found uh, I found the ways to gain little edges this year. We'll change the rules. I'll find all new you know ways to gain an edge. I'm like Nick Saban oh, uh-huh. out here. Just mm-hmm. uh, they changed the rules on me, and I just oh, find a whole God. new way to uh to 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 turn them in my favor. But with all that said, John, we should probably get into our actual topic for this episode. Which what what are we calling these? The original idea was something to the effect of like adventures from the bottom shelf where yeah. we were going to go to stores in our area and choose rums under $20 that mm-hmm. would normally not be something we buy and just see if they could surprise us in any way so right. i incorporated some blind tasting into mine i think you did too and mm-hmm. it was just a, you know kind of a fun exercise of let's go out and buy some inexpensive rums some of right. which we may believe are things that We would never like, but let's just see if we can find anything fun and interesting. And I think we did. This is a really fun exercise, and I'm hoping more people will do it.
0: I agree. I I think it was, it's almost something like exploring the rum blind spot in a way, like because we talk about how when you go to a store, you look for certain things and you automatically kind of ignore certain ones as well. And it was trying to focus in a little bit more on those things that we usually might ignore and maybe finding some, you know, diamonds in the rough type of thing. Um, so, I, I ended up calling mine, I think, red flag rums or something like that because I kept looking at things and finding the red flags in them. So, yeah. it's something in there. We'll, we'll right. figure it out. But it was a, a cool exercise and I'm excited for people to hear. Well, with that in mind, we each picked three different rums. We went out and bought them and we didn't know what
1: each other picked. So, we went into it. We sampled them all privately, tried them out in some cocktails, tried them neat and all, all of that good stuff. So, we'll go ahead and take a short break and then get right into the episode. All right, so we are ready to dive into... What are we calling this, John? I don't, When I texted you about it, I said Adventures in the Bottom Shelf. And I actually, I kind of want to talk to you about the whole idea of a bottom shelf. Because yeah. I think we all have an idea of what that is mentally. But now that I... And I typically... Like like when I go rum shopping, I don't just look at the sections where I think I'm going to find what I want. Like I I like to take a look at the bottom shelf and, sure. and see what else is out right. there. I look at the cheaper rums and you know just to get a sense of what the uh, total inventory looks like. What's popular uh, these days? I
0: agree completely. Yeah, if nothing else, it's a fascination just to see how stores change from one to another and their total stock and what they carry. Right. Well, I'll come back to the bottom shelf in a second. But
1: basically, this idea came from we did a bonus episode for patrons a couple weeks ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was a a recurring segment we do called What We're Tasting, where we talk about interesting rums that we've tried lately. And there was one in particular that you had selected from, I don't know if it was literally on the bottom shelf, but it was a (laughs) bottom shelf type mystery buy for you. It was a brand you had never heard of.
0: Yeah. So this was just an interesting looking bottle on the shelf. Like you said, I don't, I can't remember now if it was actually on the bottom shelf. It was definitely on the bottom too. We'll put it that way. So it was the lower half. And it was, uh, you know, an unassuming bottle called Tres Esquinas, and it's a product of Colombia. looks like a white rum or an unaged rum. At this point, I couldn't tell. And this was the idea was, how much research do I even want to do on something that's a $10 bottle in the first place? Yeah. You know, before you kind of say, eh, let me, do I pull the trigger on something like this or not? And, you know, most of the time, Will, my answer is no, I'm yeah. not going to pull the trigger on that stuff. But then as we were talking about this on on the bonus episode, and I won't recap everything, but the idea was, you know what? Sometimes you might find something that is a little interesting for whatever reason. This one had a different bottle shape. Trisesquinas means three corners, and it's kind of a triangular-ish shaped bottle. And so it just caught my eye enough, and I I had that moment of saying, screw it. It's $10. I'm gonna do it. And I bought it along with something else, and I was kind of I would say pleasantly surprised for the rum quality for ten dollars. Yeah, doesn't mean I'm like telling people to go out and like, Christ. oh my god, you have to find a bottle of this Tres Esquinas. But I was pleasantly surprised for what I believe is a white rum. Again, in the absence of a lot of information, I couldn't even find online about it. That it it's it's decent. Like you could you could make a nice you know Cuba Libre or something with this and not be ashamed of it. So that was the whole impetus for for starting this idea. And uh, from there, I think it took off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you yeah. shared the experience with me and I was like, I kind of want to do this.
1: I was like, you know, can I can I is there a hidden bargain out there that I can mm-hmm. find? And it's just so I, like I was just saying, I typically look at all the rums available, but there are some that I just kind of mentally write off and just right. like don't they don't even enter consideration for me because I, you know, I, I just assume. Yes, there's not enough flavor there or it's going to suck or this bottle looks so stupid. You know, it has to That's be a terrible perfect way to put
0: it. Yeah, and that, it just doesn't even enter into your mind. I yeah. like that idea. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: mm-hmm. like you just get blindness. Sort of, yes. you just see yes. past. You see past the bottom shelf, but you have an awareness <laughs> of what's on it, but none of it is entering into the equation of what you're doing in the store. Yeah. So, yeah. I our, the the whole goal of this episode was we're each gonna buy three rums, and we put like a loose budget on it. It was like try to do under twenty dollars, but if you see something that's maybe a hair over twenty. We we right. just didn't want to go over twenty five. So right. I I have one RUM that ended up being a little over twenty dollars, but all the rest were under twenty. Same and yeah. the goal was let's see if we can find something that surprises us or is, you know, a, a, a good buy at the price. Let's let's yeah, just see exactly. what we get. Or let's see if we discover something horrible. You know, that could be fun <laughs> to talk about too. So That was kind of the framework, the loose framework to begin with. And then as I started thinking about because I have an awareness of what's available around me When we were just going to go to some of our local stores and and buy there. I don't think either of us were planning to order anything online. So, no, I had an an under like I was like, maybe there's a couple of things that I won't remember having seen that will surprise me. But I had somewhat of an understanding of what the inventory was going to be. Mm -hmm. And. I knew there wasn't going to be too much stuff that would just like, like I didn't think there was a version for me of your experience with Trace Esquinas. Like I've never heard of Trace Esquinas. I've never seen that bottle anywhere. I've never heard mention of it. And there are certainly rums that are like somewhat anonymous to me in my market, but I've seen them before and like, I know that they exist. So I went into it with that and I was like, okay, so I know the selection I'm working with, it's going to be, and this probably would be true regardless of where you are, but it's going to be 99% either lightly aged or unaged, continuous column still rum, right. you know, that right. is going to be probably very neutral in flavor for the most part. Right. And so I was, you know, I was thinking with that in mind, what is a rum that I currently have in my regular rotation? Are there any rums in my regular rotation that I might be able to find something that is as good or better than that rum? And the hmm. first place my mind went was Don Q7, which is a rum we've talked about a decent amount on the show as what we think, I think both of us agree, it's a very nice bargain aged column still Puerto Rican rum that's not going to blow Love you it. away from a flavor standpoint, but yeah. for it, it, it usually runs about 24 to $27. And what you get in there is a really nice example of that medium age, seven years or so light column still style rum. It's a rum that both of us like, and I keep it stocked in my bar. And so I was asking myself, I wonder if there are any rums that I could find that if I put them in a blind tasting next to Don Q7, that I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between. So I went in wanting to find two candidates for that. And then I also wanted to get a rum that was just has nothing to do with that. Is just something that I think is probably going to be terrible, but maybe it will surprise me. So that was <laughs> that was kind of the framework I went into with this, which which may be a little bit different from you because I know your inventory that you have down there is is a little bit different from mine. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things about living here in a big city like Miami is you can throw a rock and hit a liquor store mm-hmm. uh, in pretty much any direction. I assume will it's somewhat similar for you where you're at. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of liquor stores in Nashville yeah, too. I mean, I ended up ton.
1: going to I ended up going to four liquor stores. For this exercise, by the way. I don't know how many you
0: went to. Just two. Just it only took me two. But there are more than that in the area. And I visited them here and there. But by and large, as we talked about, they're typically not the stores that are gonna find we're gonna find interesting things in for Mm -hmm. rum. You know, Miami is a big rum community. But Mm -hmm. a lot of it is geared towards the hemispheric kind of rums, not only Caribbean, but South American, and some of that stuff is really unknown and or isn't always, I will say, I'm trying to be cautious about how I say it, isn't always what I'm looking for in a rum, right? It's often sweetened, often lower proof, you know, those kind of things. Often just for mixing, period, not even for sipping in some cases. So. That's why, you know, for me, I usually don't even frequent these stores, but I also, to your point, knew that there's a lot of this inventory there that I just passed up and never even considered. So my approach was a little different. Knowing all this stuff was there, I went in with the approach of saying, I'm going to look at it more critically. Okay. And I'm going to see on these shelves, what do I see that maybe either might be interesting, like Mm -hmm. after all. Or for whatever reason, I, I had a couple that I would call red flag rums. Okay, <laughs> that <laughs> like visually uh, there was a red flag, or well, something on the label or okay. something that may, gave me red flag vibes of this. Okay, oh, and I then, know what you
1: mean now. Yeah, y- yeah. I, 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 one of the, one of my picks had had a strong red flag vibe to me. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, I would obviously steer clear of these red flag rums on an on a usual basis. But yeah. for this exercise, I felt like you know what, there's a value in trying some of this just to see what it is. Sometimes it's just misleading labels. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually terrible stuff. And, you know, that was the the kind of the approach that I wanted to take in and just see what I could find. I was I was on a mission to explore uncharted territory. I love uh, it. Yeah.
1: And another one thing you said there that I think is important really entered my mind as I got into thinking about this exercise more. You mentioned that a lot of those stores, you know it's rums that are going to be designed for mixing. Right. And honestly, like, when I was describing the inventory that I knew would be there, I was telling myself, every rum that's going to be in this price range in that's in kind of the wheelhouse of this exercise is most likely going to be a rum that was designed purely for simple mixing. So I don't know how harshly i should judge any of these rums just Mm -hmm. tasting them i mean it's not that i would completely have no judgment on drinking these neat because i tasted them all neat multiple times and but it's more so looking like for obvious flaws in them in a neat drinking experience because i knew they're designed for mixing i did mix with all of them and felt it was important to judge them in that context as well and that'll become more apparent when i start talking about what these rums are so i just had to it was kind of like if if any of these are good for neat drinking because to me that's where and again i was kind of centering this around the concept of don q7 and to me don q7 is right on that line of like it's not my first choice for sipping but it's a completely acceptable sipping experience like there's there's some stuff there to grab onto it also works well in cocktails. I think it's probably a little better served as a cocktail rum than a sipping rum, but I can sip it and not complain about it. So it was kind of like if any of these rums end up getting to
0: that level, that's just icing on the cake to me. So that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. And I actually really liked the way you you viewed that. I hadn't thought of doing that, but I did think of what you thought of of like, well, what am I going to find at this price point? Yeah. And so I really tried hard to go against that and see were there rums, even though, again, they may have red flags, that maybe you are being billed as sipping some way rum. So okay. one of my three ended up being that. okay, Because there was just not a lot of it, to your point. And then another, the other two are kind of mixing rums. But I, I also went for things that were, to me, either marketed to be possibly quality enough to be sipped. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't say, perfect for mixing, you know, right. something like right. that. Or that were just I, I. Spoiler alert: one of them is higher than forty percent. Okay, knew one of mine gonna, is too. Okay, I knew it was going to be hard to find rums in this price yeah. range that were higher than forty percent in this market here. But I found one, and I'm I'm you know excited to talk about that one as well. Do you want to unveil your your first rum first? Yeah. All right. So my first one here, and I'm going to show the bottle here to Will as I'm talking about it. It's it's a wine bottle, a kind of an unassuming bottle here. And it's called Ron, Ron? Bahia Mar. Wow, I have never seen this from. It's got a it's got a little
1: simple white label with a yeah. a ship on it with the the sails
0: pulled high, kind of with a flag that I'm not really sure what flag that is. I don't know if Will, if you recognize that. I don't but,
1: recognize that flag.
0: No. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. And I did research this a little bit, but I didn't. Oh, this is a key point. I didn't really research a lot of these while I was in store. I wanted to go off my instincts. Okay. A little bit. I did do a little bit where I felt like, hmm, I need a tiny bit more information for whatever reason, but I really didn't dig into them, if that makes sense. So I did research this one a little bit more. Uh, I'll first let me talk a little bit about it. Okay. Uh, and then I'll tell you the back story for it. So zero color on this baby. I presumed this is a white rum that is aged and filtered as opposed to unaged. Okay. That's a heavy presumption on my part. But there's, I mean, this is like water zero color on it it says on it it's a white rum quality premium rum and right on the front produced and bottled by craft imports usa newport richie florida 40 percent. so i went with a florida rum and i was like huh interesting not only is it i I see what your look is right now you're saying the same thing i was saying to myself well wait craft imports usa is bringing this in but it's also a florida rum yeah, that's kind of one of the
1: dicey things with some of these rums is figuring out where they were distilled. And yeah. there are two picks where I know for sure where they were distilled of mine. There's one where I really have no idea. And yeah, that language, there's there's so many terms that it's like if it doesn't say distilled in, then I, I immediately start to get you know, the Spidey sense mm. starts tingling, like produced at, it's kind of like, well, how do you define produced? Is that the word that was on there? Produced? It says produced, produced and, and bottled.
0: bottled, right? Yes. By Craft Imports in Newport Ritchie.
1: Yeah. So what could produce me? And and there are large commercial scale distilleries, rum distilleries in Florida that do a lot of distilling of bulk rum yes. for brands like this. So it could be distilled in Florida it also could very well be from somewhere like at USVI or, or Puerto Rico or something like that. And, and maybe by produced, they mean they proof it down there and then bottle it or something like that. So it's it's hard to really know.
0: My thoughts exactly. So, we are exactly on the same page. When I was looking at this, I figured, could this be a Florida rum, or maybe it's kind of disguised as a Florida rum? Not really sure. I'm going to give you my quick tasting impression on it, and then I'll tell you and fill you in what I was able to find. So, it's you know, for a 40% ABV rum, it's got a little bit of a nose on it, but nothing you would really want to. <laughs> got write a little bit about. of a nose on it, yeah. Uh, it's kind of that cotton candy confection yeah. nose that you get mm-hmm. from a lot, especially I get from a lot of Florida rums. Yeah, there's a cotton candy type of note on it, and that's really the only note you get. Yeah. So it's not much there other than that. On the, uh, the flavor of this, it's a bit harsh even at 40, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting, not terrible. But not distinguishable from anything else that I, you know, like these continuous column type distilled white rums that are on the market. I don't know that I would be able to distinguish this at all. So, did you did you mention the price of this? Oh, no, I didn't. Thank you very much. Hold on. Let me let me check my reference here. That's an important piece for us. Uh, this was $12.59. Okay. $12.59 yeah. for a I full think $7.50. I, I feel like if something is
1: under. 17 to 18 dollars even at 80 proof i'm still Mm -hmm. expecting it to feel a little bit a little bit of a burn even at that proof you know which right, burn burn is fine, but it, it tastes like harsher than you would expect for
0: the Ex- proof. Basically, that's that's the exactly right. It, harsher than you would expect given its ABV. Mm-hmm. But again, not not to say that this is something that's going to be like, oh my god, this is rock gut, and I want to throw it away immediately. Yeah. So I'm not talking about like that bad. But you know, so it was kind of middling, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. So because it was middling, and I didn't want to just leave everybody with like a eh, on it. I went ahead and put it head to head against the Tres Esquinas that we okay. were talking about. And I even did it blind just to see where are we with this. And, and where Turns are we? out, turns out Bahia Mar is the winner. <laughs> yeah, wow. Bahia Amar out of Tres nowhere. Tres yeah, I really didn't expect it. I mean, you know, I think you can tell a little bit they're similar-ish, but remember, I was telling you, Tresaskenus gave me a headache. Oh, you, it was a it, suspected headache. I, you, you said you had a headache the next
1: day, yes. and you weren't sure if it was because of the Tresaskenus or it just was a coincidence. Yeah.
0: So I've I've tried it a couple times since, and I'm pretty sure it gives me a headache.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. Well, so, that tracks with uh, the head-to-head blind. You know, it's, yes. it's a, a little bit worse, and it maybe gives you a headache. So yeah.
0: I, Tres Esquinas, I don't know what uh, Tres Strikes and You're Out is in Spanish, but uh, it's it's <laughs> it's done because uh, I gave it with You gave it, it three anymore. chances, yeah. I did. But I'm pleased to see that this Bahia Mar actually did outperform it. Now, a little bit quickly on what I found on it online. Okay. So the tagline for this is, more than a rum, it's a lifestyle. Wow, uh, the Bahia Mar lifestyle. <laughs> well, you know, I did a quick Googling of Bahia Mar and a
1: bunch of stuff from around Fort Lauderdale Beach came up, like there's mm-hmm. a Bahia Mar marina marina. marina there's there's a maybe a a hotel property the hilton bahia mar so i think it actually is a lifestyle john you can you you sit you go visit the hotel you dock your boat at the marina and then you pop a bottle of bahia mar and mix yourself a nice daiquiri that's the bahia mar lifestyle
0: Listen, I'm with it. I mean, for this twelve dollars, hey, I could I could pull that off. You know, a nice hotel. You pour this in your cup with something in there, and daiquiri. Actually, I think would be fine with this. Nothing to write home about, but you know, I'd be I'd be okay with it.
1: By the um, way, Bahia Mar. I knew I knew Mar meant ocean. I wasn't clear yeah. on Bahia. It's, it's bay, bay yeah. actually. So yeah. sea
0: bay. Yeah. Yeah. Sea Bear or Ocean Bay. Yeah, something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. along those lines. So here's what I found. on: They do have a website, and they have a story page here. So you know about <laughs> okay. us, story pages. I uh-huh. won't read the whole thing, but I will say that it's a Caribbean heritage, but Florida grown is what they're oh, saying. Oh, but Florida grown. Florida grown. That answers everything, then. Yeah. So I, I presume what they're saying is the sugar cane is grown here in Florida. Oh, yeah. Uh, it says on the homepage, it says Florida blackstrap molasses. Yeah. So okay. uh, that's interesting to me. The owner apparently is from Cuba because he says he originated in Cuba and he wanted to mirror the way they made their rum, um, but to make it locally here okay. and because he wanted to support the farmers. He says it's made with blackstrap molasses from the largest sugar producers in the world. Okay. Uh-oh, these, so this may maybe some
1: of the sugar producers I just listened to uh, about on the, on the big sugar podcast.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy.
0: Let's um, open a, open a can of worms. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's a lot of things in here, but it's I'm I'm pleasantly surprised for the $12 for the bottle. There's like you just kind of mentioned there's a lot of things with this as whether or not you would want to maybe run with this as a as a choice for what you're buying, but mm-hmm. um hey, I could have done a lot worse. I'm okay yeah. with this. So yeah, well, that's that's kind of where it is. This
1: website is incredible, by the way. It has, <laughs> like, you you know, I like when I was in middle school and my friends and I would make websites, one of the options on the websites was always like a scroll bar where it would just yes. have text like scrolling by on an yeah. this loop. And it has yeah. that with the more than a rum, it's a lifestyle tagline there. They're so,
0: really going for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, All right, we've so, been getting so many emails Saying, can you guys please do a Ron Bahia Mar Esquinas head-to-head <laughs> matchup? So we finally fulfilled that. Made Everyone can stop now.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm interested to see. Like you said, you took a different route to get where you're going, yeah. and I'm I'm very interested to see where it went. Well, so I started again. I I knew I didn't think I was going to find
1: any Ron Bahia Mar equivalents here. It's something I've just never seen, never heard of. Okay. And I went in with this Don Q intention of can I find something that maybe I end up actually thinking is just as good or better as Don Q7. And so John, the natural place to start for that mm-hmm. is staying within the Don Q line.
0: Oh ah, and Okay, all right. Going with Don Q Gold. Oh. Okay. But I feel like I okay, I'm I'm go go ahead. Go well, ahead and say anything. I'm a little disappointed because like you've never had Don Q Gold?
1: I mean, maybe I've tried it at a, a festival or something, but like like I remember, you know, I've never okay. gone out of my way to buy a bottle before. And it's fourteen ninety nine, so it definitely falls it within the, the spirit yeah. of the challenge. Yeah. And and I just wanted to do a blind A B with and the seven. see if I okay. could tell the difference and, and how mm-hmm. far apart they actually mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And so just to give some quick stats on this, because one of the things that I do love about Don Q is it doesn't have an age statement on the bottle and there aren't age details on it other than the fact that it is aged. But if you go to the website, they have precise information that says it's a blend of rums aged between one and a half to five years. So that's nice to know right off the bat. It's also it's a very light gold color when I because I did a blind tasting of this. One of the Mm -hmm. other rums that I bought and on Q7 all head to head and I had to I, I did I had them poured in Glencairn's and I realized my, my wife poured them for me so I wouldn't know what mm-hmm. was what. But I mm-hmm. looked at them and I realized I'm going to know which one's the Don Hugh gold right away because it's so much paler than the other rums in this lineup, even though they're also not all that old. And so I had to tie a necktie around my eyes. So it was a literal <laughs> blind tasting, John. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> okay. um, I like it. And he, here's here's the other thing. Well, I'll come back to this. Actually, I'll start by saying. I'll start with the blind taste test. I absolutely could tell the Don Q Seven apart. So, spoiler yeah. alert: yeah. there is a marked difference between Don Q Seven and Don Q Gold. Mm-hmm. Very, very big difference. It is not difficult to tell which one is which, and it's also not difficult to tell, for me at least, which one is clearly superior. Now, part of that is because this rum is designed one hundred percent for mixing, and it tastes like that when you drink right. it. It is right. very one note. It's well, rum. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's very one note. It is not complex. I, I mm-hmm. it it almost reminds me of like rum Lacroix or, or you know the the sparkling the, the sparkling waters. You know the sparkling flavored oh, waters. Oh yeah, yeah, Lacroix. It's like yeah. If, they, yeah. if they if they if they made one that was rum flavored, it would taste like this. It's like
0: it's it's
1: a hint of a hint of oak is how I would describe the flavor. Which again passed through a room
0: with oak in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It it drifted Mm -hmm. it drifted Mm -hmm. past a room that had a lot of (laughs) oak barrels in it. Got it. And You know, I
0: was really like I was
1: expecting something very light, but I was still a little bit surprised at the lack of oak influence, especially because it does. And I'm assuming the five year rum in it is Mm -hmm. a small amount of the blend, but I was expecting a little bit more. And when I read closer on the website, it says after it has the bit about the age, it says our carbon filtration process removes impurities, but leaves all the delicious rummy flavors, which was interesting to me because I was like, if they're so this rum is carbon filtered. As then well. they're adding
0: the color back in.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't. Maybe they aren't doing as strong of, of a filtration as, filtered... as as mm-hmm. they would do for the Donkey Cristal, which yeah, is yeah. you know completely clear. Yeah. It's an yeah. aged rum, but it, all the color is completely filtered out. So I don't know. It could be that they are filtering all the color out and then just adding in a little bit it. of you know spirit caramel to to yeah. get that. That gold color on there, yeah. But so, anyway, it's clearly meant for mixing. So my next step was to mix it. Oh, and one thing I'll say, this one similarly to how you were describing the Bahia Mar, Mar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it for eighty proof, it's it's harsher than I expected it to be. Again, though, not really designed for drinking neat. It's right. designed to go in cocktails. Right. And from you know the the time I've spent in Puerto Rico, and I haven't you know, spend it. I've I've been there before. Um, But, you know, I got to know a little bit about sort of Puerto Rican drinking culture. And my understanding is that by far the most popular way to drink rum on the island is to do a very simple mixer. So not even like something as complicated as a daiquiri, it would literally just be like rum and fruit juice mixed together. Okay. And so that's what I did. I did pineapple juice and Don Q Gold. I also did coconut water and Don Q Gold, just over ice, two to one ratio, very simple. And you know what, when I imagine myself on a a hot day, somewhere near the beach, sipping on one of these very simple cocktails, Mm -hmm. especially coconut water and Don Q Gold, it's really nice. And again, it's it's not like the same as having a Ray and Ting or right. a Probitas daiquiri. Like you're not getting as much rum flavor. You're yeah. mostly tasting the mixer with like yeah. just a little bit of a hint of something big yeah. rumminess in the background. Yeah. But it's a really nice, smooth, easy drinking experience for like laying by a pool or something like that, you know? And so I think for its designed purpose, which is to shine in that context mm-hmm. and to not stand out with any kind of like strong alcohol flavors i think it works really well there so for 14.99 it is good for that purpose it is nowhere close enough to the don q7 purpose so if you're wanting something that you can also do neat or maybe in like an old old fashioned or something you're definitely going to have to spend the extra eight or nine dollars on the don q7 for sure so that's what i learned from that experience
0: it seems about right to me i mean i feel like i'm somewhat familiar with Don Q Gold and Cristal to the point where I would back up everything you're saying. And I I would not have those in my bar, not because I think they're bad products, but because again, between you and I, you know, I do a lot less mixing than you do. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I do mix, I'll use the Don Q 7 and mostly use it for sipping when I want to do that also. So it's, you know, it's the workhorse for me for both. If I had a big party though, you best uh-huh. believe I would go grab a, a a big handle of Don Q Gold and we can put some fruit juice punch and, and use it in there. And I got no problem with that.
1: Yeah. You know, something else I just noticed is that Don Q Cristal is also aged for one yeah. and a half to five years. So it really might be the exact same yeah. blend. Um, Aesthetic
0: choice. Of, it might, it yeah. might just
1: be the same rum with huh. a little bit of color added to it. Also, I noticed something on their website that really makes me cringe a little bit on the dot the q cristal page what's the that? last sentence says so smooth in fact that you can substitute cristal in a vodka drink and most won't be able to tell the difference
0: uh. oh you know what it's probably true though i know I it feel is like yeah. so many people have not a clue of what's going on with that type of stuff anyways or just don't care too yeah yeah okay so that's
1: my number that's my first rum what do you got next
0: all right I'm excited to talk about this one in an odd way. So Will, are, h- how familiar are you with tequila in general? Uh, I would say a cursory okay. knowledge. OK. So, ha- that's where I kind of felt. Are you familiar with the brand El Tesoro? I've, it rings a bell, but I can't picture the bottle in, in my okay. mind's eye or anything. So I know El Tesoro tequila, and I think they're well-respected. And again, as a non-Agave Spirits person okay. myself, that's my take is my understanding is they're kind of among the well-respected tequilas. It's uh, your perception. It's your my outsider's perception. perception. Right. Yeah. So what about an El Tesoro rum? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you have good, if you have a positive
1: perception of them for tequila, why couldn't they do a good rum?
0: Yeah. Well, it turns out that I think there's probably a copyright thing going to come from this because I don't think they're at all related. (laughs) There's no affiliation. (laughs) But this is called El Tesoro Rum. And you're going to notice, I'm going to show you here as I'm describing the bottle, and you're going to notice exactly what drew me to it to begin with. So this is El Tesoro. It's kind of in a squattish bottle with a a towel, like a, a a chunky cap. Yeah. Similar looks to kind an of ad- wood. Yeah. Similar to like an Admiral Rodney design almost. Yeah. It says um, ten, on, 10 años on it. So 10 yeah. years. Right. Well, so it says Añejo right on the top, which yeah. again leads me back to like a tequila vibe, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't see Añejo too much here in our market described for It's runs. actually on one of the bottles that I have, the bottle I'm going to talk about next. It's on there. Okay. All right. So it does happen, I guess. And then to your point, it says diez años, tw- 10 years. And it's clearly, you know, for the Spanish market, because everything—well, not everything. Actually, it's in both languages. But it's Reserva Excelencia. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, excellent reserved, aged 10 years in oak. Says it twice on here. This is a 40% ABV, product of the Caribbean. Okay, and it's got that label that kind of has another yet another ship, and uh, like the Caribbean old map in the background on it. Right. Well, and
1: you know, I, I first saw it said ten años, but then I saw it specifically, definitively says aged ten years in oak yeah. on there. So that is a pretty definitive age statement. Right. And so this is seventeen ninety
0: nine. Okay. Yeah, a ten year so, rum for seventeen ninety nine. You got to check it out. I felt like I had to, especially because the bottle. I mean, this chunky stopper on it. I was like, "Wow!" For that seventeen ninety nine price. Well, let me tell you. Maybe uh, uh, number one thing that caught me by surprise as I'm unscrewing this for you here <laughs> is you it's thought it not, was a you thought it was a cork. I mean, it could have been a cork the way this looks.
1: Yeah. It could have been. So uh, how long were it, you sitting there pulling on the bottle before you I, realized you needed to make a screwing motion?
0: I'm going to be honest. I thought to myself as I like grabbed it for the first time, hmm, this is probably a <laughs> screw cap. And I screwed, and you know, I was like, yep, it absolutely is. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it had some red flags on it to me in terms of like, just what are they trying to do with this, a 10-year age statement on a $17 you know, rum, and some of the things that we're saying on the back. And again, I don't want to read everything here, but sure. there were some things here that was like, it's selected and blended per- to perfection by our master blenders. Oh, yeah. And uh, it just, I don't know, something felt off about it. But in a weird, like intriguing way. So you know, I, I, would I love.
1: I love when I'm intrigued by things that seem off about a bottle of rum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, in the spirit of the exercise, right? Yeah, it's perfect uh, for would, this exercise. Not such a good thing outside of right. the
1: exercise, probably. Right.
0: <laughs> so nose on this one, acetone right away, nail polish vibe. Nothing interesting on this. Mm-hmm. Heavily sugared on the palate, oak and sugar, and sweet, and one-dimensional, and that's it. Um, how, how, not, how sweet
1: yeah. on a scale of, I don't know, a rum that's slightly sweetened to Diplomatico Reserve Exclusiva. Like, how how sweet are we talking?
0: I haven't tried DRE in the longest time, even though I think I might have a bottle somewhere. Okay. Um, you know what I'm going to call this? This is, in every way, a worse version of Plantation 20th Anniversary. Oh, Okay. Because it gives me a similar... So does it taste like pure coconut? No. uh, There's some coconut-ish in there. But Uh for some reason, I'm glad you pulled that out because that was a thought I also had. But my mind went to, huh, this is like a Caribbean blend that is inferior in every way to the Plantation 20th okay. in terms of just the oakiness, the body of it, like the mouthfeel. I, I didn't A-B them. Uh, I don't think I have a, a bottle of that anymore. But I would want to just to see how close my palate memory is. Mm-hmm. Y- to your point, there's not the toasted coconut vibe you get in this at all. But the oak is similar. Uh, and the sugar sweetness, is which uh, wh- that's what I was trying to answer, mm-hmm. uh, is feels like it's similar in this. If I didn't know anything about rum at all and I picked this up off the shelf, I might be tricked into liking it. Okay, okay. I like that as a, I mean, I don't like that,
1: but I think yeah. that's a good description of it. So it's it's sweet and not good to you at this point of where you are in your rum journey. But if you were right. earlier along, it would be sweet, but not. it's not like it has disgusting flavors or anything to it.
0: Not disgusting at all. The quintessential quote-unquote smooth would apply okay. with a lot of people with this, right? Gotcha. But you get oak and a little bit of, you know, the, the rum, I mean a little, <laughs> uh, and that's it. I, I'm, Man, I really doubt the full 10 years are here. Interesting. I, I, I really doubt the age statement. Uh, there's no way that I could figure it out, obviously, but... Um, that's a
1: lot of years for a 1799
0: rum. Yeah. I really feel like this is one of those that might be pulling the, you know, 23 number type of thing, and it's really not that. But they very clearly stated, to your point. (laughs) Even though there is a definitive
1: age statement on the the front of the bottle. Yeah.
0: if they're willing to go up against El Tesoro Tequila with the name of this <laughs> and true. don't give a shit, they're probably <laughs> they're willing to break the A statement. Yeah. yeah. So, um, not a lot of trust uh, that is being built here. But, Will, I want to say this. I'm mostly sipping, but I did try this in a mixed drink because okay. I heard you You text me you were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I at least have to do this for one drink. Okay. So, go? I did it. I did it for this one. I tried it in a rum Manhattan. Okay. Uh huh. I see the, the, the <laughs> so I an expression of like, doubt on my face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so here's why. Because at the same store, I was lucky to find a bottle of Punt Mes. Oh, okay. And we talked about. Is that hard to find where you this. are? It is. I've never never seen it before. So Punt Mes It was in a drink that I tried in New York when I was there a few months back, and I've yep. always been looking for it. I finally found it. It's a so sweet vermouth. It's a sweet vermouth, but it's, like, tempered with a, a bitters, like an Aperol okay. or something. I don't know. I was reading it last night and looking it up, and it, I tasted it, and it certainly has a bitter finish on it mm-hmm. compared to some of the other sweet vermouth products, okay. which I freaking love. Yeah. To me, you know I've told you how, like, I I have a trouble with vermouth, and I have trouble with, like, Aperol and other uh, mm-hmm. Campari. Somehow, that combination in this bottle works for me. And so I was like, man, this is great. I'm going to try a rum Manhattan. And, you know, I have this bottle out. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll go for it. I'll see what happens, right? What's the worst that can happen here? I, I lose a little bit of my point of miss. So I put this together. I made it as directed. And it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say something. A lot different. of buildup to arrive at that um, conclusion. <laughs> the rum was completely lost in this. Uh-huh. Uh, completely. The Punta Mez took over, which, yeah. you know, it's not terrible, but that's not what you're looking for in a mm-hmm. nice drink for a Manhattan. So I tried to save it. I <laughs> oh, what did you do? <laughs> did you add some bitters? Did you I, add more so, rum? Well, I did add bitters, so I kind of almost turned it into. I
1: mean, like, I guess rum Manhattan has you know bitters anyway, but you know yes. there's there's you could add different ones or more or right. Yeah.
0: Well, so I, in the same drink, and I, I guess I'll tell you what I put in. I put in Peychaud's bitters, Angostura orange bitters, uh, one ounce of Puntamés, and two ounces of this aged forty percent rum. Okay. And you know maybe everybody can tell me I did that wrong, but that's kind of where I wanted to start with it. It was not good. And I felt like the rum was lost, like really, it wasn't overly sweet, which I expected. It wasn't overly sweet. Maybe the bitters that's in the Puntemes kind of worked its magic there. But you couldn't taste any rum in it. So I wanted to add more rum. So I did. I took out a tablespoon, not a, not a bar spoon, but a tablespoon, and I poured a tablespoon of my third pick, which I'm about to talk about in a little <laughs> okay. bit, into it. And the only oh, so thing I'll tell with the you is blend, it's. blend. Then you're getting really fancy. Yes. Well, I mean, I had those bottles right out in front of me, so you know yeah. why why go into the bar? Okay. And it's. Uh, all I'll say is it's hundred uh, percent. Sorry, hundred proof unaged rum. Okay. And so I dropped that in there, right on the top of it, and gave it a stir. Guess what? <laughs> it, it, it saved it. Fixed it. Wow. I mean like look, I'm not like a mixologist here, but this was way better than before I put that uh-huh. in there. Way better. I drank the rest of it. Well I feel like
1: I feel like we need to go out of order now, because I, I need to know what that, oh, that okay, tablespoon okay. of rum was. So okay. what, how did you save it? What was it? I mean I'm guessing you said it's hundred proof, you said it's unaged. And yes. I, I'm okay. guess I'm guessing that, that maybe it is Is it like a, is it a Jamaican rum or something
0: that you found? I'm just guessing it's something with a little more flavor to it, you know, that could add the right boost. You're totally getting there with it. Yes. And I'm excited to talk about this one because this was my favorite of the three. Okay. Awesome. However, I, I, when I looked at this, I looked at it as the broad category of cane spirits. (laughs) Okay. All right. So do you know where I'm going with it? Taking some liberties? Are you going to Brazil with this? Close. It's an Aguardiente. Ah, okay. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a Aguardiente from Mexico that I had never seen, but I was intrigued that it was only one of the only rums above 40%. But look, you see the Aguardiente distilled from sugarcane, and in big, huge font here, it's called, quote, Ulgua. Ulgua L-apostrophe-G-U-A, and okay. I I can assume that means El Aguardiente, but just contracted, El Gua firewater product of mexico and 50 percent abv and that's it but even more interesting will is Uh the back of this uh and i will read this part (laughs) okay while this product is unknown by many it has been consumed and known for hundreds of years by people who felt that they wanted something special it has also been in use by certain religious groups in which as part of their weekly ritual they offer a drink of aguardiente to their favorite saints in order to reciprocate their blessings. All right. So Whoa. long and storied history for this brand. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the brand or they're just saying the aguardiente itself and they're just representing of that tradition. Okay. But the ilgua really got me like I was like, "Oh, I got to I got to try this." All right. So, spoiler alert. This is freaking good. <laughs> this is good. What is it? I mean, is it? So is it? Is it cane juice? It's cane juice, I think. But based on the palette of what I'm getting, this feels to me like a cane juice, unaged, hundred proof, good rum or aguardiente. And for twelve dollars, I was kind of blown away. That is like very surprising. I was like, "Holy crap! This is good!" Like to the point, will where you know what? I can sip this and I'm fine with it. It's got, I mean, look, this isn't knocking out any of like the Martiniques or any other unaged Mexican that we talk about, about Paranubis and others. Not at all saying that. Yeah. But for $12, this is a good product. And I was incredibly surprised of the quality of being able to be sipping this and enjoying the flavor of it. There's really not much to speak of on a nose. And, you know, th- again, it, this is not intended for sipping, really, I don't think. But you can get something out of this. And again, when I added it into this drink, it did what it needed to do, a la like a rum fire type of yeah. thing, and worked. And so I was just like over the moon with this one in terms of like, wow, this is a good product that you just would never, I would never have thought twice about it. Does anything taste
1: sweetened about it? No zero okay because i i've I've heard that sometimes with those aguardientes and i know things like paranubes and i can't remember if daca says aguardiente on the label or not but some Mm -hmm. of those you know really kind of premium unaged cane spirit also labeled as rum coming out of Mm -hmm. mexico right now they are also referred to as aguardiente I'm i'm not referring to those i do know there are also these sort of you know aguardientes that and there are some latin american countries where they make aguardiente, and it's not from cane juice. So sometimes you can get these aguardientes, and they're these kind of you know lower-priced spirits, and they are like really sweetened. as right. uh, my understanding can be the case, but that doesn't I, seem to be the case with this one. Is what you're it telling? It was me.
0: it was next to many of those that I believe are that way. And you know, at one point or another, maybe I've tried some of those. But most of those on the shelf are 29% ABV, 30%, 35, 37. This was one of I think two that was above 40. And, you know, I don't detect any sweetening. If there is any, like, you know, because I don't claim to be like the world's best palate or anything, it would be minimal. It Very good. Very good. And keep in mind, sometimes it's context, right? I just had that El Tesoro, which was sweetened into oblivion. Yeah. So maybe there's a little bit of something there between the two of them that I really, you know, didn't pick up on the sweetening in this one and try it again at some point and see. But. I was just so pleasantly surprised to find a what I would consider to be a really quality product at that price point and to have this in in my bar. This is a keeper for me. Wow. I'm is keeping it, this. Was there any fine print that mentioned where it was made? Nope. Just distilled <laughs> from sugarcane, product of Mexico. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I looked I'm... a little bit into it. Uh, okay. this was also I think this was Mazeltov Beverages Import and Export. Yes. And that's in Miami, Florida, apparently. I think you need to track them down and and go straight to the source here. So I I absolutely plan on doing that because I already found an email for them. And I'm going to do that. And I will follow up with you. And we will figure out what they're willing to share. Uh, By the way, I wanted to mention before I let you do your last two. I called the drink that I made this with the Deus Ex Machina. Okay. (laughs) Because it felt like I pulled out that thing from the last minute. Right. So uh, just to reiterate, two ounces of an aged 40% rum, I would suggest something other than El Tesoro, but uh, one ounce of Punta a dash of orange bitters, a dash of Peychaud's bitters, and then a tablespoon, not a bar spoon for me, a tablespoon of aguardiente or an aged cane juice rum, at least 50% ABV. All right. So, there you have uh, it, folks. That's the recipe. Yes. All right, Will. So I've talked a long time here, and I know you have two picks, and I'm excited to hear them. Yeah. So I have two. And and the, the first one I'm going to talk about is this is was my next
1: candidate for if I put this up blind against on Q7, can it hold up? And I think this might be another rum that you look at, at me and groan a little bit about me. <laughs> and, like I may have had this at some point because it's a common rum, but I just yeah, I didn't remember. And I've had other rums from this brand that are in their line that I hadn't I don't remember if I've ever had this one or if I had, I just forgot about it. But this is Brugal
0: uh, Añejo. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so this I'm is the one I was telling you had
1: Añejo on the label. Yes. Yeah. And this is a, an 80 proof rum. I paid 22 99 for it.
0: Feels on the expensive side.
1: Yeah. I, I do think there are some places where you could probably get this for like $19.99, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit under $20. and. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, A little bit harder to track down, you know, details in terms of aging on this product, that there's not Mm -hmm. a definitive statement that I could find on their website. There are a bunch of, you know, reviews and various sources around the Internet that say it's a blend of two to five years. Some people say three to five years, but there's no official age statement as far as I can tell. So I would just guess that this is a blend of rums five years or under. Mm -hmm. It is considerably dark, it's actually, it's clearly darker than the Don Q Gold, but it's also yeah. darker than the Don Q 7 as well. Yeah. And so I went into it. My understanding was that this rum doesn't have additives in it. And I did after tasting it. I measured it with a hydrometer and you know, I don't know how precise my eye is for the hydrometer readings, but it looked like it was reading out at 80 proof on the hydrometer as well. So I think if it does have anything in it, and it also doesn't drink like a sweetened rum really to mm-hmm. me, like mm-hmm. maybe a tiny bit, but where I was wondering about additives was just the color of it. And and maybe there is like a little bit of a heavy hand with the the caramel that went into this. I don't know, but it tasted like that a little bit to me. I will say, it's it's a less harsh, neat sip than Don Q Gold. Like it's in the ballpark of Don Q 7 in terms right. of, you know, what you would expect neat drinking wise. And I would also say there's more flavor than the Don Q Gold, but it's not necessarily a flavor I enjoy. <laughs> you, you get like the yeah. very simplistic sweet flavors like caramel, like maybe yeah. a little bit of butterscotch. And then there's a little bit of kind of a mustiness that's all mm. sort of like wet cardboard to me yep yep and i got i got. like i like a musty note in rum sometimes especially in those longer aged rums you can get kind of a an oak mustiness like in a little, must yeah yeah mm. but this this musty note is is Call not for me have. as much mm-hmm. uh not yeah this must musty note is not a must have <laughs> musty note yeah and and samantha was tasting these alongside me as oh, well cool. and she was she was not a fan of this one. Uh, mm-hmm. She said it tasted like she ate a plastic bag. So uh, <laughs> uh, it does. Again, it it has a little more depth of flavor than the Don Q gold. But to me, that's kind of like comparing the depth of like some water you spilled on the floor to a puddle or something yeah. like that. So it's it's not very deep. Right. I did do the exact same cocktails that I did with the Don Q gold, because, again, okay. I think that this is designed primarily to be a mixer. I think they lean maybe a little bit more into being sippable than Don Q Gold does. And you know, the price would convey that, I think. But it it performs really similarly, except you can this the taste of this rum is more apparent in those simple, you know, pineapple juice and coconut water cocktails than the Don Q Gold. It's you you just get kind of like a, a carameliness to it that that isn't there when you use the Don Q Gold in there. Yeah. So you know, the rum and pineapple, it it becomes kind of tasting a little bit like a pineapple upside down cake instead of just pineapple juice, you know? So all in all, again, when I blind tasted this with Don Q7, Don Q Gold and Brugal, um, I was able to correctly identify them all by the way. But this one, like when I tasted this, I was like, this tastes like the one that I know... Was darker than all the others. Cause like, I, I it, there's just something that I'm not saying that there's additives in it, cause I, I truly don't know, but there's just something that gives me that like added caramel kind of yeah. flavor to it. And I don't like that as much. So yeah, uh, it, it did not compete with uh, Don Q7 either for me, sadly. So yeah, um, I will be sticking with that as my go to, you know, aged column still under $30 rum. Mm.
0: I, yeah, I mean, so I don't want to besmirch Brugal's name here uh, either, but like I feel like I know that there's additives in there for that mm. product, you know, whether it's sugar or whatever it is that they're adding a little bit of caramel, like you said, to make the color and also it flavors it a little bit. Uh, again, I don't know that it's bad necessarily, but it's just not what we would look for when we know that there is a small step up gets you out of that and it, it it doesn't it doesn't read as sweetened necessarily
1: it just yeah. has a kind of synthetic sweet that's like synthetic caramelly taste to yeah. it is what i would yeah. say so yeah. it still drinks like fairly dry right. but it has that that sort of I don't, yeah that that added yeah. something extra that that i i don't enjoy as much
0: but i wouldn't let it put people off from the the Brugal um 1888. 1888 thank you uh or other products from the DR like the Barcelo Onyx which I mm-hmm. think are pretty decent again that's not to say that those don't have additives I think they might have some sugar added uh, but well the 1888 if it does it's very little very very little for me mm-hmm. for my palate the other one the Onyx might have a little bit my point there is just to say like look There's something to those rums as well, and I I really do understand that there's a lot of people, especially here in Miami, that really enjoy those. And I see why they really enjoy them. I get it. I know you and I, and maybe a lot of people that maybe listen to this podcast, don't prefer those, but I wouldn't write them off either. And don't let maybe something like this bottle affect the entire line of what they offer. So I will close things out with,
1: I wanted to challenge myself with something, John. Okay? Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something that was beyond 80 okay. proof. All right. All right. And so I think I went the farthest beyond 80 proof that one that can go, go. Mm-hmm. In, in in the commercially available rum selection. Yeah. And one thing that I've noticed as we've done these rum fantasy drafts over the years is that when we get to the overproof category, there's always a handful of 151 rums that I see. And I'm like, I have no idea what hmm. that is. But it's probably terrible. Yeah. And one of those rums is available locally. I see it fairly regularly. It's at several different stores. Okay. And it is called Cane Cane Run Run. 151. Are you familiar with this rum?
0: No, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, Only by name and like you said in the fantasy draft, I do remember seeing it. Yeah. Uh, It's got five gold medals on the label. Wow. Five gold medals. I actually, actually like the
1: I, Michael Phelps of, of 151s here. I actually don't think these are awards. You know, like a lot of times you'll see, like I think the Rondo Barilito label has medals on it. And those yeah. are like actual medals that their rum won at like, you know, the you late yeah. 1800s or early 1900s World's Fair in New York or something mm-hmm, like that. Like you can mm-hmm. actually look up that stuff. These medals, one just says Cane Run and it has a ship <laughs> and some little barrels on it. One just says, this spirit is made to the highest and purest standard. Another one just has a picture of a ship. Another one has a picture of a crown. And another one has the Cane Run logo on it. So they don't actually signify awards, I don't think. But from a distance, this looks like a highly... It's like it's got some accolades. Yeah, yeah, it's been raking in the accolades. So 151 proof, 75.5% alcohol by volume caution, flammable, which <laughs> brought me back to, in, in my college days, Bacardi 151 was still available. That's mm-hmm. no longer, Bacardi yeah. doesn't uh, make that rum anymore. And I was getting flashbacks to that. And I remember the 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 top of the bottle of Bacardi 151 had like, it wasn't kind of like what's on the Ray and Nephew bottles, you know, the like slow pour thing that's on some of those. Mm,
0: um, yeah. But I it had this thing.
1: It had this sort of like metal sort of net over it that just made it come out slower. Yeah, it was weird. And uh, this one doesn't have that though. So my first question was, I wonder where they're sourcing this rum, you know, Mm because obviously there's not a cane run distillery or anything like that. Yeah. So I had looked on the back and again, we get into some of the imprecise production language because there Mm -hmm. is nothing that says distilled in. We have made in Puerto Rico and bottled by a Sazerac company, Louisville, Kentucky, products of the Caribbean islands. So we can know for sure that this is being bottled in Louisville. I would guess that it's distilled in Puerto Rico if it says made in Puerto Rico. And also just because there are obvious places Feels they like. could go to in Puerto Rico yeah. to produce this rum for them, whether yeah. it's Sarayes or um, maybe even Bacardi, they could be right. sourcing from them. But... When you look up the bottle online, they do have a website, I think. But actually, it just takes you to the Sazerac website, I think, which provides almost no detail. But there are a lot of sites like Total Wine, for example, that says this is a product of Trinidad. And uh. so I don't... What what my guess would be is that maybe at one point this was sourced from Trinidad, and now it's just a new source in Puerto Rico. Right. I, I'm guessing they could probably get Puerto Rican rum che- cheaper than Trinidadian rum. But... So I don't know precisely where this is distilled. But if I had to guess, I would say Puerto Rico. So I knew right away, obviously, this is another rum that is designed for cocktails. However... After playing with this a little bit, John, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what type of cocktail this is supposed to go in. And the <laughs> only conclusion I can arrive at is that it's either just supposed to go with Coke or supposed to go in, like, you know, one of those punches that might be at, like, a house party in college where they've just dumped, like, every fruit juice and, like, yeah, Hawaiian yeah. punch and then just, yeah. like, a bunch of, you know, like ever clear and stuff like that in it i feel like you could probably use this in that but i did of course try this neat as well and obviously it's a 151 rum there's gonna be a lot of ethanol and a lot of burn but something else a clear note stood out and that is an intense note of vanilla like pure vanilla even through all the ethanol really jumps out on the nose and even on the palate maybe that's natural vanilla i don't really know who can say? But what I will say is this rum, it doesn't leave what I would describe as a finish. It leaves an aftertaste. Oh, and I've learned wow. that there's a difference between those things, Sean. <laughs> a finish is something that sounds nice, right? An aftertaste, usually I, I can't think of describing something as having a pleasant aftertaste all that mm-hmm. much every now and then maybe. But usually when people talk about an after- aftertaste, it's not so good. And the aftertaste of this, it kind of reminds me, I hate, John, I hate, hate, hate diet beverages. Yes, um, I'm with you. Because of the alternative sweeteners that are often used in those, whether it's aspartame or I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't stevia or whatever like all the new ones are that are being used now. But all of those sweeteners always leave a very unpleasant aftertaste in my mouth. Mm -hmm. And this one, left that same after and I'm not saying that I'm not trying to imply that I think this has some sort of artificial s- sweetener in it right um, because I, I mean it, the, the proof is so high that it's I, I guess maybe it could hide some sweetness but uh, I mean it drinks very dry <laughs> because <laughs> it is 75 percent alcohol after all yeah. so I can't really say and the other thing is John I don't drink coke I don't, I don't drink sodas mm. anymore so I feel like the vanilla ish, you know, vibe of this could you know, coke is a strong enough, heavy enough flavor really? and the carbonation and everything. Maybe do you the drink van- any
0: soft drinks by the way? When you no, say coke, not do you really all soft drinks. Okay. If I
1: have to drink a soft drink, I'll drink like sprite because i i I avoid caffeine at all costs Ah, is why is the main reason why i don't drink sodas Mm. um but also they just i'm
0: drinking your caffeine allotment apparently
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i went so long without drinking them that when i do drink them now they just taste like over the top syrupy sweet sweet to me Mm -hmm. like i like even just like a regular coke you know which i grew up loving those i can't i can't do it yeah so So I like that is where I would go with tr- if I had to try to mix this and use it in something. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I think one of the things I want to do in review of all this is like what I, what am I going to do with these bottles? And this bottle for me, this Cane Run 151, this will be maybe a bananas Foster rum, you know, yeah, because I need yeah. something I can set on fire, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, something that. It doesn't really matter what it tastes like. So Mm -hmm. that's probably what that will be used for. If I ever am cooking and need to light the rum on fire, I will go for that one. The Don Q Gold, it'll just be, yeah, for really simple cocktails. Also, especially for people who don't really enjoy the taste of spirits. That is what I would use as a mixing rum for them. And the brew gall, you know, one thing I might do with this I've never tried fat washing anything, John. Yeah. And I feel like maybe this could be something to add, you know, so impart some flavor to. I'm not really going to be heartbroken if I lose it or ruin it. Exactly. So, it's going to be my, ex, you know, experimental cocktail lab rum. Is how I'm,
0: that, that's that's the, the the destiny for these three rums. So, what about Love yours? It. Um, yeah, so the aguardiente, the el guah, that's going to stick around. Okay. As I mentioned, I I'm, I have a place for that for now. Now, what I want to try to do is put that against some of our other cane juice from Mexico spirits that I have in my bar and yeah. just kind of play around and see. Is it worthwhile or is it just that I was so surprised at the cheap cost that, you know, at the time it seemed awesome, but maybe in comparison I can get rid of it. But for yeah. now, that's going to stay around because I, I do like it. Um, El Tesoro, on the other hand, El Tesoro means treasure, by the way. Uh, oh. El Tesoro, Yeah. I think I might bury it because (laughs) (laughs) maybe I'll bury that treasure for somebody else to find. It's definitely not sticking around. I don't know. Maybe I have a neighbor across the street. He's kind of like Mikey. He likes anything. Uh, Okay. You know, so maybe I'll hand that to him as a nice gift. Oh, you're treating Um,
1: your neighbors really well, John. They're giving giving them the run that you were going to (laughs) bury in
0: the ground. I, I like. I've given him. I've told them this before with others that I'm like, look, this is not for me, and <laughs> yeah. he's like, don't worry, I'll take it, no yeah. problem. So yeah. like, he he wants it. So I might give that to him. Uh, the by Bahiamar, I, you know, pleasantly surprised enough that, like you said, I think what I want to do is improve my cocktail game a little bit. Okay. I don't anticipate I'm going to be any good at it, but at least I can you know maybe level up a little. And in order to do that, you really have to. Go for it and start making some drinks, and not worry about the rum that you're using as much, and at least have a sufficient enough quality of a rum to know when you're really off or you know anything like that. Once I feel like I've I've narrowed in on something, maybe then I can try to step up the rum and see how that holds up. So it's kind of like a you know I don't know an experimental rum, like you said, uh, that I can do some things with uh, with a white rum figure some things out, try to put in different ingredients just to see what happens with them and go through the bottle pretty quickly. Um, don't anticipate I'll be buying another, but I also don't want to throw too much shade at it. You know, I think I can see for 12 bucks, people can really enjoy this. So yeah, yeah, I think I will say,
1: I don't think any of these rums were so offensive to me that I would just completely crush them. I mean, you know, the, the problem with this 151 is all of the cocktails that I actually use the 151 in, they're designed for you to taste the 151 mm-hmm. in the cocktail, you know, mm-hmm. like a 151 swizzle. Most of them are, I think all of them are calling for Demerara 151, which has mm-hmm. a, a very enjoyable flavor. And um, a
0: distinct flavor for me. A distinct me. flavor, yeah. you
1: know, and this one is just pure vanilla, basically. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do with it. But, you know, all in all, This was a fun experience and it helped, you know, I was trying to decode this little Don Q7 puzzle and I didn't find a replacement for it, which is okay because I still enjoy Don Q7 and I'll enjoy continuing to buy it. But I am curious to hear from people whether this inspires you to go on your own quote unquote bottom shelf journey. And actually we should get back to that. I, I never mentioned I was looking at the bottom shelves, John, and I found like $30 rums and stuff on the on some of the bottom shelves. So I don't even know if bottom shelf as a metaphor for cheap, low quality even really works. I mean, people know what it means. But uh, it definitely has a pejorative context. But there's there are things on the bottom shelf that are not, you know, in that traditional bottom shelf zone. So and then at the same time, you have some stuff at eye level that's like, you know, $11 $11 Bacardi or whatever. So
0: hmm.
1: yeah, I, I I don't know if bottom shelf is the right label for this, but if you want right. to go lo- looking for rums, you would typically not buy that are on the cheaper end right. and let us know if you find any hidden gems or if you have any, fun, hilarious experiences. We would love yeah. to hear
0: about them. So, uh, Or if you found this to be beneficial for you hearing us talk about it, <laughs> and maybe you find some of those on your bottom shelf and now you don't have to buy them, uh, or you can buy them because you want to share the same experience. So yeah. Uh, yeah, let us know if this is something that you like, you know, I, we, we will, I think we can be effusive on the rums that we do love. And I think sometimes maybe we don't talk as much about rums that are not within our purview. So I feel like this balances us a little bit and gives us a little bit broader of a context. So I was, you know, happy we got a chance to do it. Like you said, it was it was fun, and I'm hoping people did also enjoy it. Yeah, well, let us know what you think. Let us
1: know what inexpensive rums that you would not usually check out, but that you have a surprising encounter with. Let us know about it. Send us an email, host at rumcast.com. That's H-O-S-T at rumcast.com. Or you can find us on social media, John. Where will they find us there?
0: Find us at The Rumcast, at Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter X, uh, whatever we want to call it nowadays. And it still doesn't feel right calling it X. I, no, I just, no, I'm have, just...
1: To have to say Twitter, you know? Uh,
0: yeah. Can I call it X twitter I guess that X-Twitter. works, actually. Yeah, that, that works, probably. Uh, yeah, and let us know. Leave a comment. Give us a DM there. You can do that. Tell us how much of an idiot I am for even trying to attempt to buy a 10-year rum at $17. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> um, just, you know, we always love to hear from you guys. It, is, it makes our day. It's always fun to see the comments of what you all are doing in response to it. And, uh, you know, we, we, we bring that into who we are, right? It's a, it's a shared common rum experience that we're all having here. Uh, that's right so keep the keep the format alive and let's let's keep this thing running and if you have any lingering fantasy draft takes
1: you can also include those as well i know we announced the results earlier on this episode so eager to hear everyone's reactions to that but john until next time i'll talk to you then see you then